0: Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation.
1: Helping you travel more smoothly and happily is what this episode is all about. Recently, we did an episode called Don't Do That to help travelers to Asia stay out of travel while traveling the region. Well, this episode is its companion and we're going to put a more positive spin on a similar topic by offering you some of our best travel hacks. So get ready for some winning tips which will make your journey even more enjoyable and incredible. From Bangkok, Thailand, I'm Scott Coates and with me as always is... Trevor
0: Ranges. Not always in Penh, but I uh, have been here for quite a while now, but uh, I'm still enjoying it. It is the rainy season. Here in Phnom Penh, we're recording in August 2020, and uh, yeah, I think this is an interesting topic to do now. Um, it's, I think in general, it's been quite fun uh, to, to start up the Talk Travel Asia podcast at a time when people aren't currently traveling um, just cause it kind of keeps the hope alive and keeps the, you know, the memories and, and the feelings. Cause it's funny when, when we started uh, this show, neither of us was working in travel. And so mm-hmm. do, doing the podcast now is, is somewhat similar to, to when we started, um, just to kind of, you know, keep our travel dreams alive and our travel network alive and, and kind of just, uh, talk about something that we're really passionate about. Yeah
1: yeah I think it's a great way to for people to think about travel to dream about travel not only trips they'd like to do when the world opens up at some point again but also reminisce about past travel so yeah this's been a lot of fun and we've obviously also avoided doing covid specific episodes because you know we kind of think there's just enough of that going on in the world at, at the moment uh but just before we get any further into this thing. Um, we appreciate any support you can lend us. Financial support. Um, we do this out of the goodness of our heart and for the love of travel. But it does cost us money, so why not join other patrons who sponsor the show? Anywhere from one dollar upwards, like to twenty five a month. But there's small incremental amounts you can choose. You go to Patreon dot com search talk travel asia and we are now starting to give patrons people who sponsor the show a little extras so once in a while we'll post a short little special episode that's 10 minutes long we'll share some photos some videos here and there and it'll ensure that we keep this thing going on so um with that said trevor i know that you are always good at looking back at past episodes where we talk about things you noted episode 84 what was that one about uh, yeah,
0: there. You know, we've done some kind of tangential themes. I guess uh, we had uh, episode eighty four was foreigner faux pas and cultural clumsiness. That was with Ed Knuth from Bangkok Podcast. Uh, we did right. an episode on packing tips, uh, which was pretty good. Um, and I, and I feel like we did one that was about kind of travel hacks once before because I, I looking at your show notes, I saw one that I thought I remembered. I think it was
1: old technology, like travel technology with Greg Jorgensen, but that's like in the first 10
0: or 20 episodes. So we did one around technology. I think if if people go to our website, talktravelasia.com and click on the episodes list, um, you know, this is episode like 120 something probably by now. So we've covered quite a few things and, uh, you know, whether it's not falling for scams, we did Bangkok scams, hustles and tourist traps, uh, you know, the foreigner faux pas, the packing tips, travel technology. So, So we've touched on some of these themes earlier um, but just travel hacks, I know, was one specifically that we had wanted to do for a while. Uh, for me, I found it was a little bit tricky doing the brainstorming just because I haven't really traveled in, in several months now. So some of the <laughs> things that, that would be at the tip of my tongue normally, I was like, God, what do I do when I travel, you know? Yeah, so we
1: did some brainstorming. I always find it helpful is when you start the notes for an episode, because then I read some of your ideas. I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes me think of something else. So we we did some brainstorming. We usually use a Google Doc, thinking about things over the years we've learned while traveling. And we're going to share some of those, the winners, we think, with you in no real particular order. And we hope that they're helpful. If you have a great travel hack, please also email it to us at TalkTravelAsia at gmail.com or at TalkTravelAsia on Twitter. But the first category is researching and planning a trip. Trevor, why don't you head this one off?
0: Yeah, I feel like we did an entire episode on, on travel planning. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, um, we're going to do some again. Yeah. So, you know, for me, usually, like, you know, we, we recently did Dream Travel Destinations 3. And the way I started that one was just by opening up Google Maps and looking at a map of Asia and like, going, ooh, where would I want to go next? So I think, you know, that's how I tend to approach any sort of trip because we me and my friend Mark were supposed to go to Lombok for my new year a few months ago, and that was canceled by COVID. But I remember like I use Google maps and Google earth to like scope out beaches and, and look for places. And like what hotel was nearest to a beach that I wanted to go to based on the Google maps. Um, and then once I have kind of an outline based on Google maps, then I'll start to research these places a little more. Uh, maybe try to talk to friends that have been to that destination for their advice uh, I do I do like to use Airbnbs sometimes when I travel and Airbnb hosts can be really useful for, for giving you tips on on what to do when you get to a country. I don't like to over plan, but uh, I like to do a bit of research online before I go someplace.
1: Yeah, I'm much the same as you. I mean, it's amazing how planning has changed because just 20 years ago. It was basically the guidebook, right? That was it. But I like to put the word out on social media channels, maybe even just ask people in friend networks, hey, have you been here? And what do you think? I read quite a bit. And that could be just general news about what's happening in that country or area. I've even gone to Twitter before. And you know, you can hashtag something like eating Kyoto. And and I'll, I will also read like Lonely Planets uh, just for historical info often. And, you know, sites like Travelfish are great for Southeast Asia. But what I I tend to do is then I'm looking for the overlaps. Like, where do I keep hearing that thing mentioned? And uh, some of those hashtags, again, on on Twitter can be quite good. Get an idea for what I might do. But, again, don't totally overplan it. And the one thing to keep in mind with restaurants, well I like advice is that if they're mentioned everywhere, often you show up and then it's just turned into a tourist only restaurant or it's queued up to get, get inside. Now I know you have very specific ways to book hotels, Trevor,
0: when you're traveling that are a little different from mine. What do you do? Well, I mean, one of my big things, I don't, I don't, Really like to travel to a place when it's peak season. In general, I like to try and travel on off seasons just because I like to experience places when there's less people. So, so this tip for hotels probably only works on off peak times. Um, but I usually only like to book the first night or two at a place uh, that I'm headed to, especially if it's the beach, um, just because like over years as a travel writer. I found that like, you know, on the first day when I arrive someplace, I I like to walk around in general, even if I wasn't like researching for some travel thing. Uh, You know, I I get to my hotel, I'll check in and then I'll go for a walk around my neighborhood or I'll I'll take a walk down to the beach or around the beach. And invariably, within the first 24 hours or so, I'll find a place that I I like much more than the place that I'm staying at um, because, you know, it's closer to the beach or, you know, it's not next to some really rowdy nightclub um, and, uh, lots of times you can even get a better deal, you know, on the spot there. Uh, so I, I don't like to, to book all my hotels. I don't like to book more than a, a day or two really, uh, just cause I like that flexibility. Uh, when I get on the ground,
1: I admire your ability to do this and I want to be able to do it. I tend to think I dial things in a bit more, spend a reasonably good amount of time, like on a go to.com or social media, trying to get an idea. So I don't waste time in my mind accommodation. I kind of want to know where I'm going, but my, my travel hack would be, I think like never arrive early in the morning or worse yet in the evening without a room booked. Cause like early morning, they don't maybe know who's checking out and you can't get in for a while. So if you have a room booked and there's one free, then you'll get in if you've arrived before check-in time and walking around at night and dark, trying to find a room like that, that really sucks. But I, I kind of agree with your
0: method. I'm just not very good at doing it. That's actually really good advice in general, just for like when you're booking your flights, Uh, even just like regionally, suppose you're flying from from Bangkok to Hanoi or something like that. I try to avoid those flights that that arrive too late at night, you know, or during peak rush hour. You know, one time we landed in Manila. Yeah, we landed in Manila at like rush hour. and, And it took like hours just to go a couple of kilometers. So I think that's another good one, too. When you're when you're booking your flights, really pay attention. Time and and, and arrive at a reasonable time. Don't worry about what time you're leaving. Worry about what time you're getting there. Oh, unless you have to worry about the rush hour for your departure, too,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah, that's a good point. Don't go to or from airports in rush hour. Um, If you got that super early morning arrival, either. Kind of have it arranged with your hotel to have an early check in, or have a plan that you can go out and do something for a little while. But yeah, those are, those are good ones. Now I know that you are really good at finding good flight rates. What what do you do to do that?
0: Um, you know, it's I, I, you know, you just kind of spend a lot of time doing it for years. Air Asia, I mean, Air Asia is great in general, but you know, I used to just wait until Air Asia had some super cheap flights or. or free flights sometimes. And then I'd arrange my vacation around, around the flights that I could get, you know, and and my, my dad actually does that too. And he's a bit of a travel Jedi. Um, His vacations are often based around where he can get the best deal on a flight. Um, Now I use a website called just fly. Uh, Just Fly has pretty good websites. Uh, In recent years, Google Flights has gotten really good. Um, Google Flights I like because you can kind of set alerts for flights. So like if you think you found a good rate, uh, you can set alerts and then Google will send you an email anytime they, they get a better rate. Than the one that you'd found. Uh, and I think that's pretty handy.
1: Yeah, I was impressed with JustFly. I used it for a flight to Hawaii a couple of years ago. You recommended it. I found you could get good prices. I also like to use Skyscanner once in a while. Um, they have desktop, but they also have app versions. But Skyscanner gives you a pretty broad view of all the flights out there. And a friend of mine gave me a tip. Is, he said, if you've been searching on your computer for flights or hotels, Um, Use incognito mode. So you can usually open a window on a browser incognito, which means that the website can't see your cookies and see if you've been there because sometimes they will notice that you've come and looked at a flight a few times and it'll inflate the price and so forth. So you can often get a better deal if you go back in incognito mode, which I was quite surprised.
0: Yeah, that's great. My dad taught me that one years ago. We actually should have had him on the show today because he's uh, he, he knows the, every little hack. And that was one that he taught me years ago that, yeah, they, they, he didn't even know what cookies were, but he's like, you know, this thing knows that I checked this flight before. And if I, if I do this, you know, like yeah, if he's like, if I sign in with a different user, then I get a different rate. So that's totally true. Another thing for, for flying for me is that uh, I, I usually book a special meal. Uh, when I make my reservation, I'll choose like, I I mix it up. Sometimes I get the Indian vegetarian. Sometimes I get the halal, uh, just, I, I, I try to choose different special meal options. Uh, Mm Um, and I do this because, uh, they, they serve you your food first. Yeah. Right. That's one of the first things they do is they go around and they serve all the people who have special meals first. Um, and then that's great, uh, because then you're done first too. Right. Uh, and then if, If you need to use the toilet after you eat, uh, then, you know, you're, you're done before most of the other people have even been served or I I just like being done and, you know, then you can get up and stroll around a little bit or or whatnot. I don't tend to eat a lot on the airplanes. Again, I bring my own snacks, uh, and, 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 you know, dried mango and orange, something like that, some fruit. Um, but if you're going to get a meal, get the special meal.
1: Yeah, that, that's a really, really good one. And now we've done a whole episode on packing tips, but we're going to touch on some good packing hacks. You might not have heard it before, but maybe we have some new ones. So, Trevor, I think you're better at packing than I am. So why
0: don't you leave this one off? I don't know. You know, I do I do take pride in my packing skills. Uh, this, this first hack was one that I came up with only about a year ago. Uh, and I, I did it successfully a few times, but I haven't done it in a while. And that was you know, while I was unpacking from returning from a trip, I realized, oh, I didn't need to bring this. Oh, I should have brought that. And so right then and there, I made a list of all of the things that I should have brought or I didn't need to bring. Like I made the packing list as I was unpacking. Hmm. And then I put that in the suitcase. So, and then I put it away. So that next time I needed to go on a trip, I opened up the suitcase and it already had the packing list in there. Now I, I don't know what happened to that list, unfortunately. So I'm probably going to have to make another one, Okay, but but having the pack in your suitcase is like, and you might need different packing lists. Cause I used to go to the beach quite often and I used to have a beach bag, and like I would get back from the beach and it had like hammock and, and a couple of rafts and like Frisbee, like all my beach stuff. And I'd get back from the trip and I'd clean everything out and then I'd just pack it all right back up again and stick it in the closet. So my beach bag was was already packed. Huh. Um, but if you can't do that, I, I think the packing list is, is a great one. Yeah, that's a great, great one.
1: Um,
0: why don't you keep going there? What do you, I see you say you pack early. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I usually pack like a week before I go on a trip. Um, and, and there's a few reasons I do this. Number one is like, there's certain clothes that you definitely want to bring on a trip. And sometimes you you might forget, or, you know, you want to go do laundry, but you end up wearing it. And then you're like, ah, it's dirty, you know? So if if I pack like a week early, um, then I definitely have the things in there that I know I want to bring. And then like, you, you always tend to forget things when you pack, you know, but if you start really early, then like a day later, a day later, two days later, you'd be like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like you'll find things in your house that, "Look, Oh, you should bring, you should bring, you should bring. And then by the end of the week, you can weigh your bag and be like, Oh, this is really heavy. You know, I got like everything in here. So then you can actually start like taking things out or evaluating. So I find like, you know, just packing early and doing it over the period of a week, um, will make you have like the perfect suitcase by the time you're you're ready to leave on your trip um another part of that which is something i've just discovered in recent year recent years are those vacuum compression bags do
1: you, do you use those no i know of them i've seen them i've never used them
0: they're amazing i don't know how i live without those things man like they're so great because Because you can just squeeze everything and it sucks all the air out of it, and everything packs so nice and tight. Now this will make your bags weigh more because you can fit more in your bags. Um, But uh, I always also travel with a little portable travel scale, just because like I I always seem to push it on the limits. I know like packing light is generally the best tip to do, but I like just travel with a carry on. But I'm going to max out my carry on, you know, and uh, and I want to make sure that it doesn't go overweight. But since I do tend to kind of go overweight from time to time, um, when I go to check in at the airport, I'm an incredible, shameless flirt. I'll flirt with (laughs) anyone. I'll flirt with the old... Grandma, I flirt with the grandpa, I flirt with men, I flirt with women. Um, and, and it's not just like, you know, trying to pick them up flirting. It's just, you get to the counter, you slow down, you smile, you have a look at their name tag, you call them by their name, you ask how they're doing, you can compliment them on, you know, like, whatever their fingernail polish or something like that. Just be nice and, and give them a little break. Working at an airport's got to be like a crummy job. And, and if someone's nice to you, they're going to give you like an extra kilogram or two. I'm always overweight and I, I rarely have to pay for that. And and I'm pretty sure it's just because I'm nice.
1: That, that is a great hack. And you have a few must-bring items, I see.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, uh, th- you know, this last one again is something I, I my mom brought out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of mosquitoes here in Cambodia and and in lots of parts of Southeast Asia where it's like hot and humid. There's, there's mosquitoes and there's dengue fever and some places have malaria. Um, My mom brought out these little single use packets of deep woods off insect repellent. They're like little towelettes. So when I went home last year, I bought like a box of them at target and now I just stick them in everything. Like all my backpacks, every bag I own, I think has one or two of these little insect repellent towelettes um, And they're just really handy to have because, uh, I mean, you can get mosquito spray here and there and stuff, but the towelettes are just so handy. Um, otherwise, I mean, there's tons of must-pack items, um, but a few of them that I just thought of was like my mini maglite. It's great to have a flashlight when you travel, and a mini maglite is like the best possible travel flashlight you could own um you know just this morning the power in my house was out but you know power goes out in in asia sometimes and it's good to have a little flashlight uh i have earplugs uh you know just those little travel earplugs good to have when you're on a bus or sometimes you know you need a good night's sleep and there's a dog barking outside um and then plastic bags just uh you know to have for laundry wet and dirty clothes and shirts and stuff like that having some some spare extra plastic bags handy is uh, is always good to have
1: Yeah. Well, you've covered a lot of really, really good ones. Uh, And despite traveling a lot, I'm terrible at packing light. I tend to put things out before a trip so I can see them like you've done ensure they're clean. So I like to get things out ahead of time. I like to pack a lot of say running or athletic clothes because those clothes tend to be really lightweight. So they're good in the heat. Uh, If you're getting cold, you can put a couple more on. They pack really small. They don't wrinkle too much. So any kind of like athletic type clothing I like. I I agree with you on the Ziploc bags. And I usually take a few large ones because sometimes like maybe similar to the vacuum bag, I can put a few clothes in them and pack it down. But I also like it so that they don't get wet, right? So sometimes I've had suitcases that they must go to or from the plane and it's raining and the bag's gotten wet. At least then I've got some dry stuff inside it. Also, having a variety of size of Ziplocs is good because maybe you got to throw your wallet in a Ziploc in the rain. And I keep a few Ziplocs just in my variety of bags. I always like to carry a laundry bag. So I just have this red postal bag. It packs real small and I just always put my dirty clothes in it. So then between doing laundry, just all my dirty clothes are separate in their own thing. I really like here in Asia is picking up some small packets of laundry soap. So you can get them in most Asian countries at a convenience store. They're say 15 cents and you kind of open them up and then use that soap to wash your clothes in the sink or whatever, like really handy to have one use size to to wash your clothes on the go. Sometimes I'll take a little line of even just thin, thin string and a couple of clothes pins and then you can tie up that little line on a balcony or even in your room and pin on a couple of items. To dry, um, you know that that can be really really handy. I also like to bring some bag that would maybe end up being small, like sport day sport bag size, but is lightweight and you can just crumple it down small. So that maybe if I got a shorter side trip, I can throw stuff in to just carry that bag for a day or two. And then if I end up with too much stuff and my bag's overweight at the airport, I can just maybe pull that little bag out, jam some things in it, and carry it on the aircraft. Um, so that's a good one to have. Simple, but man, always make sure you have um, a name tag with your phone number and email on your bag. Because if they ever lose that bag, they got to be able to see your email and your phone number to get in touch with you. And one that I got burned on years ago is whenever you check in, they'll attach the little sticker that's like your bag receipt tag, usually to your boarding pass. And I often like to keep that separate. Like I'll take the little sticker bag receipt off and stick it in my wallet or something. Because if you lose the boarding pass, and they lose your bag. Tough to get your bag back. And I had a one flight from Vietnam once where I didn't get my bag for a week because I didn't have that tag. Um, little random items to, to to round this out is like I really love a Kindle. Like yes, I like a real book, but man, a Kindle—it's all the reading you could possibly do in more lightweight. Um, like you, you said light. I like a headlamp. Like I always have a headlamp, and I keep it by my bed at night. So if the power's out and the shit totally hits the fan. One night, wherever you are, you've got your headlamp right close to you. I also like to carry Gravol or Dramamine, which is the active ingredient for motion sickness, but it's also really good for sleep. Like if you can't sleep, pop one of those, it'll help. Uh, Wet wipes and tissues. Always good to have. I also take a little toothbrush and toothpaste and underwear and throw it in my travel bag that like I have on the plane or on the bus. That way I can just quickly freshen up.
0: Yeah. You know, I'll comment on a few of those. I do also travel with a piece of string and a few, uh, uh, what are they called? The little clips for hanging things, clothes pins. Yeah. To having a little clothesline and clothespins is really useful, um, even if you don't do your own clothes, just if you swim or if you get caught in the rain and stuff like that. Uh, and then, like, washing your own clothes, that's another one of my dad's hacks. My dad only brings, like, two outfits, and then he just washes one day. And it's always that late, lightweight running gear, so it dries really quickly, and, and he's good to go. Um, and, of course, you yeah, have the travel toothbrush. Absolutely, especially on the airplane, on airports. We should almost do a section on layovers here, which I didn't talk about yet. You know, um, but you know, yeah, during a layover, I always brush my teeth and, and I change my socks uh, and maybe like an undershirt, uh, just so I feel a little bit fresh if I can't get a shower. Uh, but those are yeah, definitely some great tips there.
1: Good one. Well, the next category is airplanes. So, what do you
0: what your what's your hack for airplanes? Take lots of drugs and knock yourself out and. <laughs> You know, I, it's so funny, even like as a travel writer for many years and a travel professional uh, as well. It's funny that like, I hate traveling by airplane. I just, I can't sleep on planes. Um, So my travel hack is just fly during the day, try not to get like red eye flights um, and then bring plenty of reading material. Like the Kindle's great. Like you said, the old Kindle, like I have a Kindle one, but for airplane travel hacks, yeah. I don't know. I probably got more for layovers. You know, one thing I'd learned years ago, which might be useful now is that little air nozzle that blows air on you from above your seat. Many years ago, I saw this, this special about how, like if someone sneezes two rows behind you and how those germs spread that, that little air nozzle that blows air on you actually creates like a little pocket of air around you. That'll force other people's germs to, to, to go around you. Um, And I'm pretty sure that like the airlines are putting in good filtration systems now as well. So, and especially in this COVID world, um, I would definitely use that air nozzle. Um, The only other kind of random hack I know is that like, if I always get an aisle seat, just because I have long legs and I can't sleep and I got to get up and walk around and I've had injuries in the past and stuff. But I learned that if you want to put the armrest up on the aisle seat, there's a little lever under the back end of the armrest that you can flick up and then that armrest will go up because normally it's locked but there's like a little safety catch on it so you can put that armrest up which which can be kind of convenient but i feel like this this would be a good topic for my dad once again like he's probably as we speak on a flight from from new jersey to hawaii and he always gets first class upgrades he's got one of the he's got a window seat but it's that full reclining thing with the little bubble that goes over you and stuff like that like if i had a travel hack to tell you how to to get that seat then then that's what i'd be sharing with you right now but otherwise again like like with the check-in just be nice to the the stewardesses, Yeah. Like I can't sleep. So I go on the back and I talk them up a bit and stuff like that. And and they'll give you snacks and drinks and, and whatever. And they're really friendly. Just be nice to people on the airplane. That's probably the biggest thing. Be patient. People on planes drive me nuts. And, and I just try to keep calm. That's what the drugs are for. Some Xanax, nothing, uh, nothing too serious, but just to, to keep calm, relax, keep your cool, wait till it's over.
1: Sure. Well, I, I've got a few that I try and live by is, is, ensure you don't get a seat in the final row as usually those final row seats don't recline at all. Even like a short flight, if you can't recline at all, that sucks. So don't take that final row seat. And I really try and avoid getting a seat within a few rows of a toilet. One, you're going to smell the toilet every time the door opens and closes but then you're probably going to have a queue of people next to you. And I like you. I like the aisle seat. And if there's like a queue of people waiting to use the toilet, you've always got someone standing uh, next to you. I always try and take my own bottle of water or even an empty bottle on that I can refill on the plane just so I've got lots of water. During the flight, I like to bring a pair of my own headphones with like a regular headphone jack because often those headphones on the plane really suck. So got to have my own pair with a headphone plug. I'm very polite when ordering alcohol so I can get more. You know, often they're kind of give you one or two drinks. And if you're really polite and you're patient and not pounding them back and you go back, like you said, just be nice and nicely ask them, Hey, could I have another red wine with my movie? They're usually fine with that. I think you taught me this one, but I like to put you, everyone puts their bag in the overhead right above them, put it on the overhead in the aisle opposite you. That way, if anyone goes to go in your bag, you can see, but also it's actually easier to get to. You just kind of stand up and you reach across to the overhead across is a really good place to do it. And then I just like to make sure that I've actually downloaded podcast music and maybe a few videos to my device, right? So I've actually got the content on there for my flight. And I see um, you've just added one about antibiotic wipes, yeah?
0: Yeah, just because I was thinking, and because this is something I definitely always do, that like I read something years ago about how the the most dirty thing on the airplane was actually the tray table. The tray tables are the dirtiest because they don't clean them as often and they get food on them, which grows bacteria and stuff like that. But I I always travel with like some of those antibiotic wipes, the moist towelettes. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I get in my seat, I wipe everything down. I wipe down like the armrests, and I wipe down the tray table and the seatbelt and stuff like that. Um, And again, this is pre-COVID Trevor. I'm not necessarily a germaphobe, but uh, I just feel like, uh, you know, if you're going to spend the next eight hours in in the seat and you got to touch everything around it, it it might be nicer if you knew that everything was nice and clean because people like change their babies on those seats and stuff like that, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. But, but to your point, Downloading podcasts and music, yeah. Again, like since I don't sleep on flights, it's, it's a great idea. Download some podcasts, download some music. Make sure you have books on your Kindle. Uh, keep it going.
1: Yeah. Okay. The next category is related airports. Trevor, what are your hacks for airports?
0: You know, we, we talked about this the other day when we were brainstorming. Um, and and this is one of mine too. So I put it on here. Was uh, get when you when you arrive at a destination at an airport. Lots of times, I'll go to the departures level and try to get a taxi from there. Uh, you know, airports do have taxi stands for people who are arriving, um, but lots of times there's really long lines. So sometimes if you just go to departures instead, like, and in, in the taxi drops somebody off, and boom, you hop in the taxi and off you go. So that's, that's a great one. The other one is similar, but it's with when you're checking in or going through immigration. Um, I used to do this all the time in Thailand. I would go in the Thai people only line, mm-hmm. and they just sort of... You know, and then one time we were in Brazil and everything's in Portuguese, and we didn't even know which line we were supposed to be in. So we just went to a line where there was no people, and, and they were like, sure, yeah. And they helped us. And so then I did that again another time in Thailand where the line for checking in for my flight was so outrageously long. And I turned around and there was a window over there with nobody. And so I just walked over and they checked me in, you know. So sometimes just, uh, Try and uh, to look look for the easier way, you know, the path of least resistance. That's a,
1: a great hack. I like to ensure that I got some snacks from a mini mart. So even before I go to the airport, you know, get some nuts, get some little snacks in case I need some food uh, along the way. Also in airports, a lot of them have a food court or canteen for staff, and they're often hidden in the basement or down at the end of a hall, but they'll be lower priced and often more local kind of food. So maybe you want to try and find that local food court canteen for the staff. I also like to... If I have a long layover is like walk to the very end of the longest part of the terminal because there'll often be a row of chairs where you can really lay down. And then just a good one for health is is do some laps, like log some kilometers walking around terminals because I've had deep leg thrombosis a few times. And that's basically if you're sitting for too long without really moving your legs, you can get a blood clot and in your calf. And I've had it. So when I'm actually flying, I'll move my feet, like I'll kick my legs back and forth. I'll move my feet up and down while I'm sitting and try and get up every couple hours. But the airport's a really good opportunity to just get some blood flowing through your legs and really walk for for a few kilometers uh, every time I'm in an airport. So that moves us on to getting around travel. What are your hacks for
0: getting around It is getting around to and from town in the airport. I'd say before you leave a destination, especially on a domestic flight, always check with FlightAware, which is a a website or flight status, um, to check to see if your flight is delayed. Mm. Um, This this has happened to me a couple of times in the past couple of years where I forgot, and and it sucks. There's nothing worse than losing a half a day uh, because your flight was delayed. Um, The only thing worse than that is losing a half a day because you didn't even check to see if it was delayed. You know, last year, one time I was staying in this like private pool villa and I checked out, like nine o'clock in the morning to go to the airport. And then I realized my flight was until 12 and I was like, ah, I did like, I just screwed up. I didn't reconfirm even what time my flight left. I was like, "Ah, I'll just wait. So I waited until 12 and then the flight was delayed till two. And then it was delayed till four. And I was like, I could, at least I would have been able to spend the whole morning in the pool, you know? So always check to see if your flight is delayed before you go. Um, And then for that matter, like, Always check Google Maps to see how long it would take for you to get to the airport in a taxi. Um, Google Maps is actually really good at predicting the the time to travel someplace by car. Now, like if your flight's going to be, let's say, at like 3 p.m. and you have to leave the hotel at 1 p.m., you can't really check Google Maps at 10 a.m. So what I'll do is I'll check it the day before at the time that I'm supposed to be leaving to see what the the traffic conditions were like during that time. I like to get to the airport either as early as possible so I can not stress out, or I like to be there as late as possible so they can cut me through all the lines which is a good travel hack too. If you're like the last person to leave, but you've checked in online, the flight won't leave without you, but they'll make sure that you're sped through check-in and immigration and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, checking how long it's going to take to get to the airport and uh, checking to see if your flight's going to leave on time, absolute essentials.
1: Yeah, those are good tips. I also like to use Google Maps, but what I do is I'll note uh, all the places I want to go and important spots for navigation. Um, So on Google Maps, and I'm sure other maps have the function, you can save. And I know on Google Maps, there's a heart, there's a star, there's a flag. I'll kind of mark all those places so that when I'm there... I can very quickly hone in on the places I want to go. And you can download maps for a lot of places it's for offline use too. So look on your 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 mobile device and you can download for a lot of cities the, so that you've got the map offline li- and you can use it without Wi-Fi or without a SIM card. And actually, I often don't get a SIM card places. And a good little trick is – when you do have a Wi-Fi signal, like let's say you're in a hotel before you're gonna go out for the day exploring, just open Google Maps when you've got a Wi-Fi connection and it's gonna show your map and then go out. And you can without a sim card then see your you know your dot of where you are in relation to other things and still navigate on your phone as long as you've started the Google Maps when you did have Wi-Fi. So I, I use that a lot. And um, I like to try and string. Together, a number of places to just create my own walking tours. Like maybe I'll look at a place I really want to go that's far away and then find a number of places along the way and then just walk to and from. And I try and also plan some streets through residential areas because it's always kind of neat. Yeah, you, you want the main thoroughfares maybe with shops and that. But then seeing a couple residential streets is neat to see how people live. And then you maybe see a neighborhood bar or pub too just with locals and you pop in for a pint. So, um, yeah, those are some I like. And our next category then was going to be apps and files. Um, this is such a big part of travel these days. And, and maybe I'll just continue in, with this one. But I save all my airline tickets, hotel vouchers. And other PDF docs in a few places, one in my Gmail account, and I'll create, say, a label for all those things for that trip. Also, you can um, copy over your PDF files to the book apps on iPhone. And I'm sure, obviously, there's the equivalent on Android devices, but I copy those into that books app so that I can open them at any time without an Internet connection to show checking in. Um, Sometimes I've even created a Google Drive folder too and put everything in there as I like a backup to the backup. And I once in a while print, you know, the real important ones, maybe a printed copy of my flight ticket and stuff. And I also keep a digital copy of my passport, driver's license, and all that in my phone. In stored in a way that I don't need Wi-Fi because it's always good to be able to you know email someone a passport or show them a photo of it and so forth. Um, how about you? Which apps and files? Uh, how are you managing that kind of stuff, Trevor?
0: Yeah, definitely do a Google Drive folder. I always have a trip folder that has even screenshots of Google Maps on it. You know, um, but but all of that—the copies of the plane tickets and your passport, again, driver's license stuff like that—I keep it on my phone as photos and in, in a Google Drive folder. And then for other apps, like while I'm on, on the, the travel trail, uh, I do like that XE currency converter. That's a good uh, one. That's a really good one. Yep. Agoda, because again, I, I like to book my, tr- my, my hotels as I go. And Agoda is a, a hotel booking website here that has really great rates. And then uh, for weather, like the surf, the tides, the wind and stuff like that, there's a great app called Windy. Yeah, Windows is good. really good for traveling as well. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I have a few other apps I really like. I mean, I think a good translation dictionary is pretty good. So you can punch in the word in English or whatever your language is and get the local equivalent. Um, Skyscanner, I like just to see about flights again, flight times. I have a little app called Living Earth. Like you can set world clocks in your phone, but I like Living Earth for whatever reason. It shows you the time. One that I really love is called Postagram. And basically you load in value in the app and then you can just send a postcard to anyone of a photo. So let's say you just took a photo at the exotic location. You open Postagram, you set that photo as the postcard and you type in a message like, Hey, Trevor, having a great time, blah, blah, blah. It can pull your contact info and drop it in the postcard and they mail and produce them from the U S and it costs about three bucks a postcard. But I mean, that includes postage and everything. So I really like that. Quake watch is a bit of a funny one. My dad got me onto it, but Quake watch continually shows all earthquakes in the world and you can view them by like biggest to smallest or proximity to where you are. But there's been a few times I've been somewhere and I felt a little shaking or I heard there's an earthquake and kind of open it up and just see what's what's going on. So it's a bit of a funny one, but man, there's a lot of great apps for traveling. And of course, podcast app as well is to me, a must have. And even though I don't really use it, but the Kindle one on your mobile device is good in case your Kindle tanks. And then at least you could read on that device too. Um, Next one we have
0: is eating on the go. What are your hacks for eating on the go, Trevor? Yeah, I think we, we covered this on Don't Do That episode, uh, if people right. want to go yeah. back and check that out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I don't really like to eat a lot while I'm traveling, you know. So I always try to find some local fruit, nuts, uh, local style things that I can bring along in my bag. Uh, dried mango, that's my go-to travel food that I always have, like, in a couple of different Like I have a big bag and then the travel bag of it. Um, Just go to a local market and try and find some good road trip snacks to nibble along uh, as you go from A to B um because when you travel sometimes you don't get to choose where you're going to stop and eat the bus does or the train has a certain selection or the airplane's going to give you what food they want to give you and uh, I'd, I'd rather just bring some snacks uh, to keep me going i think anthony bourdain said that that don't eat while you travel so that you're hungry when you get there mm. um, and then you can enjoy some real food yeah <laughs> yeah try try to bring some snacks and, and don't don't have to eat what they force you
1: yeah i like to carry like a couple power bars or or, or, you know those athletic type bars if you can get them in the west or granola bars and i just keep them in my bag and i find it's been a great trip when at the end of my trip i still have that bar because i didn't have to eat it Mm. but having a couple of those or like a snickers bar tucked in your bags just in case
0: is really good. Yeah, but Snickers melts and gets all mushy. Yeah. That's why those old power bars, the old power bars are the best, but they don't even make them anymore, I don't think.
1: Yeah, but any of those kind of granola bar type things are just good. And again, I love it when at the end of the trip, I still have them and they're kind of smashed. It means I got great food and I didn't need them. <laughs> but in much of Asia, like convenience stores are really upping their game. And a lot of them have like okay sandwiches, maybe even some sushi type rolls little sandwiches, you can just grab and take them along. Mints and gum are always good. I mean, you don't want to have bad breath when you're chatting with a local after that tuna sandwich you just had. Um, yeah, in Japan, most train platforms have great little bento boxes to go. So that's a snap to get some good one. And this might mean I have a drinking problem, but I often carry 100 mil bottles that you can buy, you know, any any little drugstore or dollar store. And the important part is they need to say 100 mils on them. And then I put my favorite mm. alcoholic whiskey or whatever in it so (laughs) hey when i'm commuting i want like a jd and coke like i can have a jd and coke so i usually carry a couple of those you can carry them onto a flight if they're 100 mils or less and i also have a couple 500 mil strong plastic flasks which are nice again you know i did a trip recently and i put some woodford reserve so that on some evenings i could just uh, have a sip of my favorite whiskey and camelback Also makes a 750 ml bladder to hold a bottle of wine, which has come in handy a couple of times. I carry that by a bottle of wine, dump it in and
0: off you go. So let's move into other bits. Well, before we do that, uh, I just want to comment on your last category there because the the little travel bottles and whatnot uh, can be really useful. And in fact, like years ago, you gave me a talk travel Asia insulated coffee cup, coffee mug and travel like a travel cup, right? coffee. Yeah, and I I travel with that everywhere man because even like at the airport it's like i'll get like a nice coffee or something or i'll get a coffee and 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 it's great i mean starbucks if you're gonna go to starbucks gives you a discount but uh you know like i don't want to use plastic whenever possible so like bringing your own water bottle bringing your own coffee cup like you know some of this stuff can be a little bulky but uh these are things i use every day so it's kind of it's nice to have those
1: i'll I'll back you up on that that insulated mug and you can buy a talk travel Asia one but it keeps coffee hot of course but i really like like them for having, say, a gin and tonic by the pool. Because a lot of hotels, they don't want you bringing your own booze. But if you have that insulated mm. coffee mug in your room, you just mix yourself up your Bombay and tonic, throw the lid on. And if you're sitting by the pool with an insulated cup that no one can see what's in it, no staff member is going to come over to you and say, hey, what is in your mug? You can't drink that. So it's a, it's a great thing to have along the way. That's
0: funny. Even the other one, wait, wait, I, I travel with koozies too now, you know, like the, the little beer koozie. Like they make those foam ones and they're so soft and they fold up yeah because it's hot here in southeast asia and you know having a little koozie for your beer is, uh, it's it's good to have okay what are your other bits trevor okay again this is one of my top 10 travel tips now it's to bring your swimsuit everywhere every day all the time Um, I've had a few, what would have been amazing moments ruined because I couldn't swim. I mean, I guess you could swim in your underwear, but that's not necessarily always so comfortable. Um, for me, the swimsuit, uh, you just keep it in your backpack and, uh, you won't even know it's there. You'll forget that it's there until you need it because uh, the swimsuit's lightweight. Um, but if you come across a waterfall or a river or like a swimming pool or some great spot in the ocean um, and you don't have your swimsuit, ah, that's, that's a killer for me. So always bring your swimsuit with you everywhere all the time, no matter where you're going, you're going someplace with snow and you don't think you're going to go swimming, bring your swimsuit, put it in your day bag. That's Someone's pretty- going to invite you to like an unstable, hot spring exactly it's going to happen and you're going to be like ah if I, only i had my swimsuit just bring on a related one i always carry a
1: microfiber towel now i have a couple different sizes but a yeah it's a towel b you can roll it up it can be a pillow it can be a blanket to sit on but that goes with the swimsuit to me one of mine is i like to split money up so i don't keep all my money in one wallet or one pocket like i keep some on me and maybe i keep some other in another bag so that if i lose one or it gets stolen I'm not totally out, right? And I keep some smaller denominations of money just in my pocket with the smallest bills on the outside so that when it's little quick purchases, I just grab that money out of my right pocket. And yeah, that's it. I've just got a bit of money there, enough for small things. So I like to split it up. You have a good money tip here too, Trevor.
0: Uh, yeah, and then I'm going to go back to something that you mentioned in a moment. But but yeah, the money thing was back in the day when I was uh, like a backpacker, you know, flash packer, younger traveler, Uh, And you stay in places that don't have hotel safety boxes. Uh, One place I used to stash my money is I used to travel with like a a roll of toilet paper that's wrapped in paper, you know, like a single roll of toilet paper that that has like a paper wrapping around it. Yeah. And I used to just open that end of it up and I would stick my money inside the toilet paper roll and then I would close it back up and I would just like leave it right there in the bathroom. And like no one's ever going to think that, oh, I should look inside of that roll of toilet paper. Ooh, I'm going to steal that roll of toilet paper. Even the maids aren't going to touch it because it's not their, they, they're going to do their toilet paper thing, and and they're going to leave it alone. So I always found that that was the best place uh, to hide money. Otherwise, I want to go back to your microfiber towel because I have an amazing travel microfiber towel, and every time I bring it with me, I don't need it, and when I do need it, I don't have it with me. So there's a number of travel items I bring, like the hammock is one of those things too. Whenever you bring a hammock, it's great to bring a hammock. The place that you're going to stay at will have hammocks, but then if you don't have it, then then you're going to need it. You know so. That's one of those catch 22 ones, but, but the microfiber reminded me of the, of another one that, that I like to do is, is I bring my own pillowcase. Like I have some nice pillowcases that I enjoy sleeping on here at home. And I, I often travel with my own pillowcase. And then when I check into a hotel, I put my pillowcase. On, on the pillow that I'm going to sleep on. And I think it just makes me sleep better because like, you know, you're, you're sleeping in a strange bed in a strange room in a strange place. But, but if your face is resting on something that your body is accustomed to, I think psychologically, like mentally, uh, subconsciously, You you you'll sleep better and you'll feel more relaxed because you have something familiar right
1: there. Well, a companion to that, and I don't do this often, but I actually may be doing it in about a month when I go on a cycling trip and may have to stay in pretty rural areas. Is like a sleeping sheet. So a lot of for sleeping bags, you can get like a very very thin kind of you know tube that you slide into first and then into a sleeping bag. Packing that along isn't Mm -hmm. a crazy idea either. So that if you think you might end up in some places where like maybe it's not quite as clean as you like. You can just slip into that too. Um, We've had a bit of crossover on these last few ones that were on our uh, don't do that episode, but I think they're good to now say do them. And both of you and I agree that when you arrive somewhere, like if you're not in a rush, like slow down, take a breath, grab a water, walk a couple hundred meters away from the station, sit down somewhere else, let the crowds disperse, let all the, The ripoff touts, find people, and then take a breath and move off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, in general, that's probably the best travel hack or travel advice I could give anyone is just to to relax and try not to rush off anywhere or rush to do anything. You know, chances are that bus that you think you're late for is either going to leave late or it left early. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. Or like how long is it going to take to get from A to B no matter what anybody tells you, it's going to take how long it takes. That's all there is to it, you know? So my best travel hack is just to kind of leave the stress and pressures and expectations and everything behind. Don't pack those things. And when you get to where you're going, just kind of try to go at the... F-
1: yeah, that's a, that's a great one. You know, I, your pillowcase one, I've never heard that. I really, really like it. I like all the little apps that you can use to figure out times. It's interesting you said to check the time of day you think you're going to need a taxi a day or so before on Google Maps to see how much Mm. time you'll need. That's a really good one. And I like how you said, Anthony Bourdain said, like, don't eat while traveling because you want to be hungry when you get somewhere. That's a really good one. So, man, we came up with a lot of good hacks. I hope you guys found this interesting and you found it useful. Remember, help us keep this show alive. We cover all the costs of editing, hosting, and so forth, our own. And if you'd like to help, you can go to Patreon.com, search Talk Travel Asia. And sponsorship starts from as little as a dollar a month and every little bit helps and we're now starting to put up the odd little patron only episode that if you donate you'll get a special little shorter episode share some photos even the odd video here and there if you have a great travel hack uh, do email us at, uh, Talk Asia at Gmail or at talktravelasia on Twitter and share that travel hack. And we have great show notes, right, Trevor?
0: Yeah, you know I enjoy doing the show notes, and I think it's a great feature of uh, our Talk Travel Asia platform. Um, you know, I don't know that this one would have a Google Maps, but we like to make Google Maps for all of our episodes. We like to do photo galleries. Uh, We have links to other episodes. So uh, after you finish listening to this episode here in a minute, go to talktravelasia.com and you can see all of our old episodes there and uh, you'll see a link to donate. And uh, if you could help us out a little bit, that'd be uh, really appreciated. Otherwise, uh, Scott and I are going to be back in two weeks regardless. And uh, season three keeps rolling on with uh, some great guests and some great uh, Asian travel destinations. So uh, we hope you come back and listen again then.
1: Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we
0: walked on top of the wall at GameCorp.com and